This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. And now it's time for FinCast. Boom shakalaka. Wide receiver and fan favorite Brian Fennerin is talking Dirty Bird football. Powered by Scana Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. Looking for Fennerin who leaps into the air, a touchdown. FinCast starts now. All right, Falcons fans, we finally have a win, and you, even better, are tuned in to FinCast. Alongside Brian Finneran, BFIN86, I'm Tyler Nelson, and this is FinCast brought to you by Scana Energy. Brian Finneran, we have a Falcons win. We got a dub. <laughs> we have one on the board. It was not pretty, and it took two weeks, and it was the first time we led in a football game so far this season. It's oh, seven I didn't six. even realize that. 7-6, to six. the Giants settled for two field goals early in the game. Defense did a great job holding them to field goals, and then we scored a touchdown on our third or fourth drive of the game and got our first lead of the season. It sounded ridiculous, but I, I heard him say it. I didn't even realize that that's true. That's uh, So, ugly win. A win is a win is a win in the NFL, yeah. which is great. Yes, very true. Uh, there's no board, like in college, deciding who gets to go to the playoffs at the end of it. Uh, and as I heard one of you guys say in the locker room this morning, one and two is a hell of a lot different than 0 and three. So, that's where the New York Giants find themselves, is 0 and three, and I'm happy not to be in that club. Um, so what we're and I have one or two, and uh, then I want to talk some about some around the league stuff. But uh, what were your overall thoughts? Uh, the offense struggled a little bit. Um, they did a nice job staying, at least getting some first downs and moving the ball a little bit. I saw. I thought Nizalak, the punter, yeah. did a nice job of flipping the fields a couple times. I think he averaged forty-seven point three yards per punt. Had three inside the 20 and one deep. Yeah, that was a game. really pretty punt. We had a defensive stop, three and out, got the ball back, and I believe we went down and scored. So it makes all the difference in the world on special teams when you can flip the field and control field position. Uh, I thought the defense was was awesome, relatively speaking. The Giants are not a great football team. They're 0-3 for a reason, right. I think. And our defense did a nice job shutting them down, keeping them out of the end zone early. They got a late touchdown from Daniel Jones and the two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was um, Matt Ryan was, a, I believe, 11 of 12 in the last two drives of the game, a touchdown drive, and then the game-winning field goal set up for Young Way Koo, who is just lights out. He, you, I, we thought we'd miss Matt Bryant I was a million say that times exactly over. Exactly what I was about to say. I really was not looking forward to Matt Bryant retiring, but I, I mean, not to say who, who so long, who cares, but, yeah, but no. he, he is, Young Way Koo has been – Awesome. He's been lights out. He's been super consistent, um, solid, strong leg, and nothing seems to phase him, which is no, great. Right. Kid out of Georgia Southern, I believe. Yep, Georgia Southern. And, but um, but apparently, I heard on the broadcast, the TV broadcast, grew up uh, like 15 minutes from Jersey. For, yeah, New Jersey. in New Jersey, in New Jersey, where the where the Giants play. So overall takeaway: ugly win, but a win is a win is a win in the NFL. You're one and two, and you have an opportunity, like we talked about last week, to build on this momentum. <laughs> yep. uh, you play bad teams. The Washington football team is not great. They might be the worst team in the league. Uh, it's close. Uh, the Jets are <laughs> the awful. Jets. Who we have after that? <laughs> and then the Dolphins after that. So it sets up perfectly for you to get to a spot in the season five, six weeks in when you got a winning record 
You're you're starting to learn how to play together. Nobody played in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cost you, in my opinion, in the Philadelphia Eagles game when you lost 32-6 to and looked awful. The offensive linemen, from Jalen Mayfield to Caleb McGarry to Matt Hennessy and Chris Lindstrom has been solid, and obviously Jake Matthews, who had a really nice block, kickout block on a screen pass to Cordell Patterson that set up one of the touchdowns as well later, the field goal. Mm-hmm. Those five offensive linemen have consistently improved over the last three weeks. Yes. Dramatically. That was actually one of my notes to talk about is that that was my first thought was early in the game. The O-line, they were doing great in pass protection, and Matt had all the time in the world in certain points to throw the ball. Now, again, we're not talking about a great team that has a dominating pass rush like, say, the Bucks do, like we saw last week. Mm-hmm. But like you said, markedly different and improved performance by them. Um, but to that, let me ask you this question. Off of that comment about the O-line and giving Matt more time, he had to do all these checkdowns and swing passes. What? What? Why were? Was there no separation downfield? Because you can't really see it on the TV, so we don't right. know what's going on. I do need to go get the All-22 copy because I think – what is the all two twenty two? So all twenty two means it's a video foot feed where showing all twenty two players on the field. There. You see right. all twenty two players on the field at one time, so you can see movements and safeties coming up and down, and mm-hmm. what guys are running, which would be very beneficial for not only for our podcast, but for <laughs> yeah. me to see what the hell's going on. So from hearing Arthur Smith talk about the game and what went on, especially that the fact that Kyle Pitts didn't get a ball thrown to him or yeah, that was didn't just... catch a ball till in the third or fourth quarter. They had shot plays called. They had plays called for certain guys down the field. But the Giants did such a nice job of kind of having that umbrella coverage. Guys stayed deep. They didn't get out of their zones. And Matt didn't like the the matchups. In the co- and he, it, it goes to this. Matt didn't like the look he got. Uh, some of the receivers weren't getting the separation they needed to. And the check down is, is an easy, safe, risk-free place to go with the football and hope your guy can make somebody miss. And get a few yards and, and make it Which happen. they did in several, if mm-hmm. not most, of the it's occasions. It's frustrating as a fan to watch. Yeah, yeah. And especially it, knowing you've got a great quarterback back there with great course. receivers downfield like Calvin Ridley. and so, Like I said, ugly at times, but it worked. You didn't get yourself in trouble. You didn't do anything stupid. Mm-hmm. And you were able to stay in the game. And, uh, and when it... When it counted, you came, you came out on top. So I heard y'all talk about this with Matt Ryan yesterday on uh, Six Days of the Fan in the locker room and his weekly call-in show. But uh, you know, there's the there's the <laughs> diplomatic answer you'll get from Matt Ryan, and then there's the the honest answer. Well, not that he's being dishonest, but right. the the more the more realistic answer to this question: Why is Kyle Pitts not being uh, not on the field more, and especially in the red zone, not the red area, the red zone? So the red zone <laughs> is a place where because even if you're not passing to him. He can be a dist- he can be the old Julio Jones uh, distraction thing, right? Absolutely. Falcons had, gosh, I think it's sixty eight or plays or something on offense. Matt played them all. Every offensive lineman played them all, and I think Kyle Pitts played like fifty two snaps. So I don't know why you wouldn't have him in, in the red zone area, where he, he's a mismatch problem. Right. He makes people double team the touchdown that they scored. Mm-hmm. They double teamed the last one. You mean the last one to Zacchaeus? Oh, I'm gonna use Zacchaeus. Yeah. Uh-huh. They double teamed Kyle Pitts. They double teamed Calvin Ridley. Uh-huh. So now you had Zacchaeus one on one, and he was wide open. Guy over the middle, and he made him a little move and juke, and Matt found him. So it, it doesn't make sense not to have him out there at all times in the red zone because the mismatch, the coverages you're gonna get, the double teams you're gonna get on him, and the the attention that he draws. And if they don't put the attention on him, then you got a chance to hit a post, a seam, a go route. Just high point the ball, and he can go up and ball. get it. So, so why wasn't he out there then? What do you think is the cause of that? I mean, is it just— I don't know. I, I also looked at— Oversight? Split, you can never have an oversight in the red zone, not if you're a good head coach in the NFL. I, Offensive-minded hey. 
head coach slash offensive coordinator. He has to be on the field, uh, and I think you'll see that change, I would imagine. I think they get too cute sometimes and try to do different formations and personnels and this and that, as opposed to just putting Calvin and uh, Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage when he's healthy or even a tall Tajay Sharp uh-huh. and let those guys work. Move those guys around, but don't F around with the personnel. Keep the guys that are get you touchdowns in there. And if you want to mix it up every once in a while, fine. But for him to miss multiple plays in the red zone yeah. just because of personnel decisions is silly. So are you saying that they're trying by being too cute, do you mean that they're maybe trying to disguise it as a pass play when they're trying to make it look like a run play, but it's a pass play? I think it's everything. I think it's I think when a defensive coordinator sees sees a group of offensive skill players come on the field, they have to match. So I think um you, you give the idea of Lee Smith's coming in, who's a run-blocking tight end. Right. Along with— Who did have a touchdown. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, along with a couple other guys. And now the defensive coordinator's got to think, okay, m- probably 70% run with Lee Smith in the game. Right. Maybe play-action pass. You know, so we try to fool him that way. No Kyle Pitts on the field. So it go- stuff like that happens. I don't have a real answer. I'm just going to let this thing play out. We're three, week- three weeks in, three games in. Uh, we've seen it too much. I think it's been brought up. I think it's been brought to his attention in Arthur Smith. I don't know that he gives a rip. Right. I don't know that he should. Uh, but we got to score more points. That's the bottom line. If we if we score 17 points a game, we're not going to win many games. Correct. Yeah, and and no team would in the NFL. And, and I mean, even if it wasn't an ugly game, and I, I you know, I, maybe it was ugly, maybe it wasn't. But it was just a tedious game, kind of to watch. Really, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. and a fr- and frustrating at points. But it, at the same time. It, not just there's we got beauty in it too because yes. you, there's a battle kind of like watching a pitching duel in baseball. Sure, that's exactly right. It's not sexy. There's no huge balls down the field, or right. You didn't see any super creative deep shots or flea flickers or reverses or stuff <laughs> or like <Liberty> that. Liberty plays. <laughs> but field position was huge. You didn't do anything stupid to hurt yourselves. Defense was great. So it was a really good win against what a lot of people think is a bad football team in New York, which they are. Uh, but again, a win's a win's awesome. a win. Awesome. And um, you, you know, the the takeaway for me, other than just the O line improvement, again, Cameron Nizlak, uh, UGA player, huge, huge difference from week one, uh, which we week needed two. desperately. And uh, I just my that that last drive down the field, and Matt said it perfectly on your show yesterday. The defense did a great job of getting the ball back. They did just a classic Matt Ryan two minute drill offense down the field, Big put time. it in position for our killer kicker. Uh, Young Way Koo plays kicker, and uh, Falcons get the W. So, in walk-off fashion, too, I'll add. With that, quick two notes I wanted to ask you about. Um, two I nuts? Did, uh, <laughs> two notes? Two, did I say two nuts? Sounded like it. Let's go back and check it. <laughs> okay. We'll see if that one makes the uh, cutting room floor for the, the edits. Um, but two notes from around the NFL. One, I didn't watch this game, or did I just saw this on the highlights. Justin Fields start in Chicago. Six for 20 for, like, 40 yards. Yeesh. Devastatingly bad. Um, he got sacked nine times. I haven't heard the vitriol and verbal bashing that uh, Matt Nagy, their head coach, took between the pundits, the NFL, ESPN, yeah. NFL Network. It was insane. They blame Matt Nagy for not putting him in good positions, not using his legs, not getting him out of the pocket, not getting better protection. The whole thing was crazy. And then he hurt his hand, his throwing hand, so he's questionable this oh, week, Justin Fields is. So I hadn't heard that. You might see all three guys are on deck right now, Nick Foles, Justin Fields, and Andy Dalton, and two of them are questionable. So it was an absolute shit show up in Chicago, and, um, it, it, and Matt Nagy's time is ticking. Yeah, big yeah. time. Uh, so, so you do think it was more on Matt Nagy? And- it's both. It's probably more on Matt Nagy than Justin Fields, but Fields looks like he's going to have a tough time 
adjusting to the NFL game. And well, he needs some help. He needs more help. Yeah, so, I mean, he needs he needs an O-line and learn how to step up in the pocket instead of just scrambling, <laughs> right? The coaches have to help him out, too. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's crazy. Um, what out. about Julio Jones? How's he doing? Uh, good. I think he's going to be the man this week. Uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown? Mm-hmm. Uh, in Tennessee, I believe is dealing with a hamstring as week to week. When you got an athlete like that, 6'3", 220-pound stud, yeah. you probably take a, a week or two just to make sure he's not going to hurt himself worse. So Julio Jones gets some more targets this week. I think he's done a nice job so far this season. It's an interesting comment out of Mike Vrabel. said something about, I'm trying to figure out how to manage Julio in the second half of games or something. So I, I, I never got to the answer. Do, about do you think why that means that, him taking himself out of play? I, I don't know. It might because we've had we – had, <laughs> issues here right. with Julio where we got frustrated with him when he pulled himself out on uh-huh. a third and seven. He ran a on second and ten he ran a go route, 45, 50 yards down the field. We dumped it off, got three yards, third and seven comes up and Julio's on the sideline tapping out because he's tired or annoyed or whatever. I don't know what the reasons were. Maybe that's happening in Tennessee. I don't have the answers yet. This week will be a great week to watch Tennessee football. Okay. Because Julio Jones will be their number one. Well, then to answer my own question, I will do that. So with that, let's get to Finn's Ring of Honor. This is the one ring. Finn's Ring of Honor. All right, Finn, I think we're, it seems like we're in the quarterback phase of uh, of your electees to the Finn's Falcons Ring of Honor. So who do we have this week? All right, this week I'm going to go with one of my best friends and uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks I played with here in Atlanta, Chris Chandler. Chandler played Chris Chandler. 17 years in the NFL. God. He had an unbelievable 14-2 and season in 98 that led them yep. to the Super Bowl yep. that they unfortunately lost, and a bunch of stuff happened yeah, well. in the peripheral there. <laughs> uh, but a sick athlete, went to Washington, played basketball and, I didn't uh, know that. and uh, football, and an unbelievable golfer, but... He was one of those guys. I was in my first year. I wasn't a rookie, but it was my first year. Mm-hmm. And second and third year when he was my quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we had a great relationship. I, I loved catching balls from him. He had such a catchable ball. He was one of the smartest people I'll, I'll, I know on the football field and, and, and play-wise. Dan Reeves would give him a play call, and, and Chris Chandler would have memorized the formation that went with it and the Holy emotions cow. that went with it, too. It was Fascinating to watch him learn a playbook and learn the play sheet for that week. Uh, my well, that's how you stick around the league for so long, isn't it? As a quarterback, like if you don't have, I mean, you know, if you his his numbers aren't like what Matt Ryan's are, whatever, and he, right. he bounced around as you said. But the way you do that, and and of course in modern uh, or current example, that would be like Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Fitzmagic, mm-hmm. who was a what Harvard grad and is a certified genius, I think. So yes. that's how you make a non Hall of Fame type. Talent. Right, in the last 17 years. Exactly. So he did it a long time. Most of his time was here in Atlanta. So I was a second-year guy here in Atlanta in 2002 maybe, one or two. I had 23 catches from Chris Chandler, and I averaged 21.3 yards per catch and three touchdowns. So if you, like, put that over the length of a season or if I was a starter, because mm-hmm. at the time I was, like, a third or fourth down, third uh-huh. down guy, third or fourth receiver, it was lights out. And it was because he threw the ball perfectly – where it was supposed to be, away from big hits, away from linemen, right. away from safeties. He led you in stride on seam routes and posts and slants so that when you caught it, you could continue to run and get those yards after catch. It was just it was so much fun to play with him and, and um, I really enjoyed my time with, with Chris Chandler. And, um, took a lot of heat here locally. 
obviously Michael Vick took over after he mm -hmm. was a first round pick, so he was in a tough situation here with the quarterback controversy. But uh, I I loved all the time I had with Chris Chandler, and I was just bummed I missed the Super Bowl run because I came yeah, the year after by that. one year. Mm -hmm. And of course we know it would have been different had you been there. That's but, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is he doing these days? Do you know? Sure, he's in Utah living with his wife, new wife, and uh, <laughs> he's doing great. He's uh, playing a little golf, I think, and enjoying life. So. Uh, well, that's if after a 17-year career in the NFL, I think oh you not only earned it, but have the uh, have the means to do so, means yeah. and time to do so. Uh, well, that's great. Chris Chandler, the newest inductee into Fal Finn's Falcons Ring of Honor. Um, okay, well, so let's briefly talk about next week. We have the Washington football team, which the more we say that, I'm actually kind of like it, kind of like a soccer team. I'm getting tired of it. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm sure it'll change it to something soon. But what? Uh, what My do you daughter asked me yesterday, what's their team name? I said yes. it's literally <laughs> the Washington football team. So there you have it. You you just nailed it, Brent. And it may stay um, that way. It may not. So what do you? Th I mean, we we discussed it. They're just not good. But uh, so we're set up for a, a, hopefully a good weekend, another good Sunday down in Mercedes Benz. But what do you? Th I mean, what are the? So Tyler Heineke, Ta Taylor Heineke, mm -hmm. Tyler, Taylor. I think. Well, now we got to fix this shit. Hold on. I'm Tyler. That's Taylor. Here we go. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Thank Heineke. you. You got it. It's not been terrible. Um, five touchdowns, three picks, and sacked a couple times, completing 69% of his passes, which is nice for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but you get thrown in the mix as a young guy. They're one and two football team. Terry McLaurin is a scary wide receiver. They call him Scary Terry McLaurin. <laughs> Good football player and does some nice things. Adam Humphreys is up there. One guy who used to be here is J.D. McKissick as well. Oh, yeah, of course. He's like a running back slash slot receiver. But the guys we got to worry about are on the defensive side of the ball. And with names like Deron Payne oh. and Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they got some monsters on the D-line. For whatever reason, that hasn't translated into wins for them yet. They lose to the Chargers in Week 1, 20-16. They sneak by the Giants 30-29 to in Week 2 Ooh. and then get their heads beat in by 22 points in Week 3. So they obviously have NFL players across the board. Some are better at different positions than others. Defensive line makes me a little nervous, but to watch our offensive line kind of grow mm -hmm. and become more mature and become better. Again, we're a one-and-a-half-point dogs at home as it stands right now. Seriously? Yes, we are. Absolutely. Oh, so I love to see us continue to build on what we did this last week against the Giants and take advantage of another kind of average to bad football team in Washington and get another win and then head to, head to London, beat the hell out of the Jets, Yep. Next thing you know, you're three and two and feeling pretty good about yourself. So what do you think is if we win, this went right? What is the what is the this? What That's is the a this? Great question. <laughs> I think if we win, Arthur Smith has finally started pushing the right buttons. Kyle Pitts has been on the field for every red zone play that we have, mm -hmm. and Matt Ryan has two or more touchdown passes in the game. And maybe a QB sneak for a touchdown. Hear that, Matt? I want a touchdown out of you. <laughs> um, well, I'd love to see the run game get going too. I really would. Yeah, it's been. It, 3.8 yards per carry, I think, is where Mike Davis stands. Cordell Patterson has some some nice runs, too, but no no real explosive runs yet. I think our longest run of the year is 15 or 18 yards. I need to see a big run from one of those guys. Mm -hmm. It starts up front, goes to the receivers, to blocking downfield, and then the running backs making people Well, miss. I thought we had a nice balance this past week. It just solid. Hopefully just get a few more yards out of that. Yeah, uh, yeah 3.8, you want it to be over four for a, for a good run game, I That's think. exactly right. So I will finish with this. Uh, in, your, in your interview with – your weekly call-in with Matt Ryan, uh, you did 
ask him the question about the red area versus the red. <laughs> I'm saying the red area versus, that was you. versus the red that zone. That was you that asked me about yes, that. Yes, yeah, that's week. right. Yeah. Dang it. Uh, that. So, uh, but you did do it. I told you to yes. call him out, and he and he said it twice in the interview, and then you finished with that. And so, uh, of course, the genteel. Sweet man that Matt is gave a very diplomatic answer about it, and uh, and finished like oh he's, he said uh, you know they're interchangeable they're not interchangeable <laughs> Maddie it's the red, red zone red, red zone red zone red area I don't think I've ever said it I, I know it's, it Matt, feels weird saying like saying it I can't say it I hate it I hate it I hate it but if that's the worst thing I have to complain about Matt that's Ryan right. then I'm okay with it all right well here's to hopefully a uh, big win this Sunday against the Washington football team. Uh, we are a one and two football team that looks like we're improving every weekend, and um, yeah, let's get it going. I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be in the building. Cool. Uh, if you see B fan, say what's up. Buy me a beer. Yeah, buy. No, no, they buy buy you a beer for 11 years of service as a Falcon. Um, all right. Well, uh, we will see you next week on FinCast, brought to you by Scanna. Go Falcons. Peace. Tune into FinCast, brought to you by Scanna Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. FinCast is hosted by Brian Finneran, co-hosted and executive produced by Tyler Nelson. If you'd like to reach out to the show, email Tyler at tyler at 68thefan.com. FinCast is hosted by 68thefan on thepodcastpark.com and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Opening and closing music by Atlanta band Gringo Star and their song, I Will Not Follow. Thanks for tuning into FinCast. We'll see you next week. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. 
Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.